Welcome, friends. It is episode number 43 of the ACC Basketball Report. Cranking them out during ACC basketball season 2018-19. Loving it. Loving having games to talk about, people. Hope you guys are loving it, too. I know that you are because my numbers are through the fucking roof lately. Yeah! Uh, you know, talking uh, news notes, recruiting, injuries, Cupcake City. God, somebody play somebody. Actually, we're going to get that today. Virginia Tech and Purdue. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, so what's good? We know Duke's good. We know UNC's good. Syracuse looks like they suck. Uh... I'm just going to jump right into it. Happy to have you guys. Don't forget to like, rate, review, share, retweet the podcast, get the word out. I am Michael Hunter. This is the ACC Basketball Report. Version. Dumb. Did not know I played the wrong DPGC, you should be turning it up. CPT, LBC, yeah, we hooking back up. And when they bang this in the club, baby, you got to get up. Cause homies, thugs, homies, yeah, they giving it up. Low lot, yo lot, boy, we living it up. Welcome to the ACC Basketball Report. This is Michael Hunter coming at you on a Sunday morning, a beautiful Sunday, finally, in uh, in the Triangle. Rained here all week this week. It was shitty. It was miserable. Glad to see the sun. Got up early this morning, wrote the show, took the dog for a walk, and looking forward to a pretty good Sunday. I uh, got an early game today with uh, <laughs> Wake Forest, eh. but then later tonight, I got uh, you know Virginia Tech-Purdue, which I'm going to talk about here a little bit later on the show, and then tonight, I am going on the College Hoop News podcast with Tony Patelis to do the week in review for his show, so looking forward to that. Looking forward to talking about some basketball outside of the ACC, and um, you know, I always have a good time talking to Tony. It's uh, <laughs> people have been commenting on it on Twitter lately, which is kind of fun. Uh, before we get started today, don't forget to like, rate, review, share, retweet on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. Get those subscription numbers up. Uh, let's get some uh, let's get some sponsorships in here, and let's start making the show and this website what it can be. Uh, SlapTheSign.com will see an article from me today regarding uh, any concerns that Notre Dame fans may have about the team. I'm going to talk about their last two games. Uh, during this show today, uh, ACCBasketballReport.com for recruiting news and some other small stories. I put a piece out on Jalen Green, who visited uh, Florida State this weekend. He is the number two player in the 2020 class. Took an official visit to Florida State this weekend. Of course, according to new recruiting uh, regulations. Because he's a junior, he actually has 10 official visits remaining instead of the typical five. He has already visited Memphis as well. So he's got eight um, <clears throat> eight official visits left, three this year, and then five more if, uh, as a senior if he, if he chooses to take them. Uh, getting to some news and notes, Jack Salt, the uh, senior center for Virginia, missed the Coppin State game with back stiffness. This breaks a streak of 70 straight starts. Uh, Virginia really didn't need them. They crushed Coppin State this week. I'll talk about that game in just a minute. Evan Cole missed the East Carolina game on Friday night with a bum ankle that he suffered in the Tennessee game. It's not considered serious. So GTEC fans, you know, don't have to freak out about the front court depth, which, you know, as we talked about on Thursday night, <clears throat> James Banks was eligible, is eligible. And uh, he's been playing well, getting about 15 minutes a game. I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit as well. Markel Johnson did play yesterday against Maine, so he does not in the concussion protocol. So nothing to worry about there. He did play well. 
according to Adam Rowe on Twitter, uh, Cam Reddish sitting out the second half of Duke's game against Eastern Michigan was simply precautionary. Obviously, Duke didn't really need him. You know, Zion and Barrett did their thing, crushed Eastern Michigan. It wasn't a big deal. Again, Jalen Green on uh, on an official visit to FSU this weekend. Let's get into the games. Uh, Thursday night's games. Uh, St. Joe's handles Wake Forest in the Myrtle Beach Invitational, 89-69. to This game was actually tied at the half, and then it all kind of went to hell for Wake Forest. Shot 7-23 in the second half. Um, St. Joe's makes seven triples in the second half, so St. Joe's made as many threes as Wake did field goals in the second half. Wake loses the rebounding battle. Uh, Horde Musius, you know, their two-star freshman, did score 14 apiece. Horde is putting up numbers, but he doesn't look great. He takes some ill-advised shots, takes some shots early in the shot clock, takes some threes, you know, one-pass, catch-shoot kind of threes. They don't really work the ball around. Wake Forest is just bad, man. They're a badly, they're a poorly coached team, and I just, there's so much talent. There's just so much talent on that floor for them, and they just they can't get it done. St. Joe's then goes out, and I can't remember who they lost to in the next game, but they got their asses kicked in the next game, I believe. So, you know, Wake is going to play today. I'm going to watch them again today, and I'm gonna, I don't expect to see anything that I haven't seen in the last year and a half, which is disorganization, bad shot clock management, bad defense, especially on the perimeter, um, poor decision making. It's just they're they're poorly coached, and Danny Manning's got to go. That's, that's basically all there is to it. Um, moving on to more Thursday night's games: <clears throat> Virginia Tech seventy three, Ball State sixty four. Landers Nolly once again did not play. Uh, Nikhil Alexander did play twenty one points, six rebounds, three assists. He's looking like one of the the best players in the conference that doesn't play for Duke right now. Um, he just. He's putting up 20 points. He's getting three or four assists. He's getting six or seven rebounds every game. He is just a phenomenal player. He's, he's making highlight reel passes. He's just long, athletic. You get him out in the open court and he makes things happen. You put him in the, in the, the half-court game and he makes things happen. You know, he's long and lanky on the defensive end, making things happen. He, he's a pro, and I've, I've been saying it for weeks. Virginia Tech better appreciate him all this year because he is gone after this year. Uh, Justin Robinson's 15 points, 6 assists, 4 steals. Kerry Blackshear had 18 points in this game, which, hey, Kerry Blackshear has played pretty well against this poor competition uh, early in the season. His fouls per 40 minutes right now are above 7, okay? Um, he's playing 21 minutes a game, averaging about 3.8 fouls per game, almost 4 fouls per game. And it's just not going to get it done when he's playing against the big boys. You know, they've played a... Virginia Tech's played okay uh, as far as schedule goes. Better than most in the ACC, which has been a dumpster fire of competition so far. But, uh, you know, he's got to tighten it up. If if he's the only guy they got in the front court, aside from uh, Ty Outlaw, who's played pretty well... If they don't get Nolly back and Nolly can't play that stretch four, which I'm not sure he can. I don't think he's ever played it before. He's always been a wing player, always been that short corner three type guy. Um, you know, the type of guys that they all have in the lineup right now anyway. Kerry Blackshear has to play. And right now he's only playing 22 minutes a game and he's in foul trouble every game. It's got to stop. I said it in the preseason. The kid's got to play 27, 28 minutes a game, especially in ACC play. Or, or Virginia Tech is not going to live up to their potential in my opinion. Now, for for 
the the disappointment of the week. Uh, UConn at Madison Square Garden, 83, Syracuse, 76. This is the 2K Classic at Madison Square Garden. You know, Syracuse shoots 6 of 22 from deep, Brissett 1 for 4. Jalen Carey did play exceptional after a, uh, a rough first couple games to his career. He came along nicely, 26 points. He actually had three turnovers in the first three minutes, and I'm thinking... Oh, it's going to be a long night for this kid. He actually, then he only had uh, three the rest of the way after that. Did score 26 points. I thought he looked really good. Uh, basically kept Syracuse in this game because UConn was just unconscious from three. And the other thing is, I didn't watch a whole lot of Rhode Island games. Didn't watch a whole lot of Wagner games. Danny Hurley's fucking annoying. I mean, he's probably awesome to play for. You know, a fiery coach like that. But the one funny thing was... Um, the cameras were on him at least three times when you could clearly read his mouth say that's bullshit, which I thought I think is pretty funny. But uh, talking to some Syracuse fans after the game, and and my own general opinion is Danny Hurley's kind of a weird guy. Um, getting it done though, uh, they didn't look very good yesterday. But you know that's a big win over Syracuse. Maybe he'll have UConn back as long as Altariq Gilbert, who had 16 points and eight assists. As long as, he's, as he stays healthy, UConn has a chance to shock some people. I like their makeup. I like the Cobb kid. Um, obviously, Jalen Adams is really good. Tyler Pauly is decent. Um, yeah, uh, you know, UConn's decent. Syracuse should be a lot better than this, though. They look completely lost on offense. I don't know what this double screen, off-the-ball bullshit that they do is. If you watch them, uh, Sidibe will go up and screen off uh, for the opposite wing of the ball. And Dolajai will follow him, and then they just double screen him. Well, what that does is it kills any spacing, and on the other side of the court, it doesn't really matter because either Jalen Carey, O'Shea Brissett, or uh, Tyus Battle are just going one-on-one and, and hoisting up a jumper. So you have no chance at an offensive rebound. You can basically, if you're the defender, you can guard all three guys with one guy while the other two sag into the paint because Syracuse can't shoot. And... It's it's really it's really strange. I don't know I don't know what they're trying to get accomplished on that. And talking to some Syracuse fans that that I know that know basketball, they don't know what the hell's going on either. But we'll see if they can get it together when Frank Howard pulls when Frank Howard comes back in early mid December. Uh, Pittsburgh ninety seven, Central Arkansas seventy one. You know Pitts four zero playing cupcakes. You know has yet to play anyone better than one seventy five in Ken Palm. Jared Wilson frame with another 20-point game, 4 of 8 from deep off the bench. Pitt had 36% offensive rebounding percentage, 7 guys with at least 8 points. You know, I'm going to talk about Pitt here again in a minute when I go over the, yesterday's game, but they're winning games. I mean, all you can do is, is beat the people that put in front of them, and from what I can tell, they're playing hard. And I, I've said it multiple times. So, you know, Pitt, as of this game, 4-0. Moving into Friday's games, Virginia Tech 88, Northeastern 60. Virginia Tech was up 20 at the half. Uh, Northeastern had just beaten the doors off Alabama the night before, so this is kind of a letdown game for them. Nothing that was really too shocking. NAW with another 20-point effort. Uh, you know, Looking like a pro every day, averaging 21-5-5 and on the season. He's just one of my favorite players to watch. I probably watched Virginia Tech more than anybody else in the conference at this point, other than Georgia Tech. Um, and maybe Notre Dame, but Virginia Tech's just fun to watch. They got great guards. They get up and down. They shoot threes. They put up points, um, and they're just blistering teams at this point. Uh, Wake Forest gets off the schneid uh, against Cal State Fullerton, who is a good mid-major, 66-59. to 
the game is just ugly. Uh, you know, I, I can't watch Wake Forest play. Horde has another 15-point game. Brandon Childress had 15 in this game. Olivier Sire was in foul trouble the entire game. Chandy Brown, Isaiah Musius go 3 for 14 combined, and Wake still gets the win, so that's a good thing. Um, you know, Wake forced 16 turnovers, and they went 20 to 25 at the line. So, I mean, there's there it is. You force turnovers, you make your free throws, and, you know, your, your star player plays well. Cool. You know, the fact that they won when Brown and Musius don't play well, I mean, that shows you the potential. I mean, they've won this game on talent, you know, because it looked like a just a mess. I, I, you know, I was watching it while I think I was doing dishes yesterday and just, ugh, you know, up and down, the ball's being thrown all over the damn place, missed shots, missed layups, bad fouls. It just ain't good, you know, it ain't good. Now, I did see something on, what night are we on? Friday night that <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen before, and that's Oregon. Uh, Oregon 80, Syracuse 65. So Syracuse goes 0 for 2 at Madison Square Garden at the 2K Classic this week, and they desperately need Frank Howard. Uh, Jalen Carey is, again, coming into his own, but I'm not sure he's the guy. He's not the leader on this team, you know what I mean? And Frank Howard, I think, is that leader. Brissett goes 1 for 9 from deep, so he goes 2 for 13 from deep. And he, you know, the biggest thing that that I, I'm taking away from Syracuse right now is that Brissett and Battle look like they don't even want to be there. You know, they're, they're still, you know, uh, you know pissing and moaning about not being in the NBA. Um, they have too many possessions where they don't get the ball inside the arc before they launch a triple. It's, it's terrible to watch. So they go 11 for 50 from deep in the garden, and they go over two. Uh, now, on the other side of the ball, or on the other side of the court, Bol Bol, I don't know if his game is going to translate to the NBA. He is an insane physical Specimen, an insanely sized human being with insane skills. Okay, 26 points, 9 rebounds, 4 blocks, 3 steals. Hit clutch threes. He runs the floor. He handles the ball. He he. There's not a shot he can't take. And his ability to close out due to his quickness and his length is amazing. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. You know, and I was, I was a kid when his old man played. And I, I mean, yeah. Not even Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant's a seven-footer that shoots threes. But this guy, this, I mean, I, I can't even put it into words to watch this kid play. Now, he, I think he's a little skinny. I worry about his uh, his health, his longevity. Um, can he hold up in a, in a well, not a, I'm not going to say a physical NBA because it's not a physical NBA anymore. But it's just, uh, it's intriguing to me to see a kid like that play at the college level, and then it's intriguing to me to see how that, the level at which he plays at translates to the NBA. And if he's a three-point threat at, what is he, 7'5", seven, 7'6", seven, at, at the NBA level, I mean, that's incredible. That's something that we've never seen before. I mean, you know, Dirk Nowitzki was 6'11". This kid's seven inches taller than that. Okay? Kevin Durant's seven feet tall. This kid's five, six inches taller than that. It's it's absolutely unreal. It's hard to put into words, as as you can tell, because I'm doing it very poorly right now. Uh, moving on, Georgia Tech 79, East Carolina 54. Career high 18 points for Curtis Haywood or Kirk Gone Bad. Uh, Michael DeVoe with 13 off the bench for the star freshman. Uh, apparently, Haywood wasn't happy at halftime. Uh, lit into his teammates a little bit and mentioned the grambling loss from last year. If you remember last year, Georgia Tech actually lost to Grambling and Wright State in the out-of-conference schedule. Tech forces 21 turnovers. Jalen Gardner for East Carolina is a good player. Um, 
you know, I, I think East Carolina made a good hire with Joe Dooley. He brought in an assistant from Virginia Tech that has brought them Seth Liday. We'll also bring them Tyree Jackson and Kadeem Sai, who both transfers from Virginia Tech. And, you know, this Gardner kid, only a freshman, I thought he played well. Um, he's got some sharp elbows, which a couple of uh, Georgia Tech's people found out about. You know, East Carolina could be decent. They should be good anyway. I mean, with all the, the players in the North Carolina and the Southeast area that they have to choose from, you know, they've certainly got uh, one of the nicest campuses. They've got a great selection of programs for kids to study, and construction being the main one, which I work with a lot of these people that come out of ECU or Eastern Carolina, as I was corrected this week in a, in a write-up I did for GT Swarm. You know, I work with a lot of kids that come out of this construction program. It's a good program. They make a lot of money. So, I mean, it, it, East Carolina should be a better program than what they are, and historically they haven't been good, even though they've – Recruited decent. I mean, B.J. Tyson, who was recent in that program, was a damn good player. Uh, Louisville, Vermont. Louisville actually gets the win hosting the Catamounts, 86-78. to I actually picked Virginia to win at Louisville this week. Uh, and, and I was looking good. I was looking very smart. Um, you know, it was a good win by Louisville. Uh, what's his name? Jordan Lamb. Yeah, Jordan Lamb. When he received his second file in the first half... He, he had been playing out of his mind the whole the whole first half. And when he picked up that first foul, Louisville started to put some distance there. I thought Darius Perry played awesome in the first half. I've never seen him play a game like that before. He took the initiative. He was shooting threes. He was going to the basket. He played his typical very good on-the-ball defense. Jordan Warwick continues to come off the bench, had 22-5. and five. Um, You know, it, Louisville... I'm still not sold. They, you know, they stretched it out to seventy to forty-nine at one point in the second half, and ended up only winning the game by eight. Um, you know, it's just I, 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 I got to see them put it together, and it looks like they're putting it together a little bit faster than I anticipated. You know, obviously Chris Mack's a really good coach. If if Darius Perry plays like he played the other night, and Vermont's a very good team, one of the best mid-major teams out there. They played Kansas tough uh, just last week. You know, Vermont's probably going to, you know, if they play like this, they're going to run the table in the East. I don't feel like that's a stretch. And you're going to see these guys in the tournament, and everyone's going to find out they're very good. So that's that. Virginia plays their one game of the week on Friday night against Coppin State. They win 97-40. to Ty Jerome is simply awesome. Um, he only had 11 points in this game, but he's just he's just so good. He's such a good point guard. DeAndre Hunter is awesome. Uh, Kaihi Clark was awesome in the first half. Uh, Diakite uh, was awesome in the second half, and Jay Huff showed his stuff in this game. You know, hit a three, had a nice dunk, had a nice fake where he, I think he spun to his his dominant hand and laid it in. He just, he, he showed some things. Uh, still not great on defense, but he's getting there. I, you know, and his offense is good enough where maybe he starts to see the court a little bit more. We'll see what happens when they start to step up the competition. Obviously, Coppin State, everybody got minutes in this game. Virginia's is so deep this year. You know, Kyle Guy, uh, DeAndre Hunter, and Ty Jerome combined for 48 points in this game, and UVA puts up 97. I mean, that's dangerous. The way they play defense, okay? They've yet to let anybody score 60 this season. I actually think they've yet to let anybody score 58 this season. Um, you know, I mean, they're playing not great teams, as is nobody in the conference right now, but... You know, you gotta you gotta give credit where it's due. You can only beat the guys in front of you. Okay. Speaking of beat the guys in front of you, uh, North Carolina 108, Tennessee Tech 58. 
you know, I didn't watch this game. Cupcake City, I didn't really have an interest in it. Carolina's up 24 at the half, six tire heels and double figures. I don't have much to say because I didn't watch any of this game. Didn't interest me. You knew it was going to come. You knew Luke May was going to have himself a day. I don't think he had a double-double, but he had, you know, 16 and 8 or whatever. Saturday's games. Yesterday was interesting, okay? North Carolina State was the only school to lead at halftime in the four games, okay? That said, ACC still goes 4-0. Uh, first game that I did watch, watched basically the whole thing, was Miami Bethune-Cookman, 78-70 to in favor of the Hurricanes. Chris Likes, 21 points, 6 assists. This was a back-and-forth game. I don't even know how many. I think at one point there was 11 lead changes, at this, and that was maybe midway through the second half. Likes scores 10 points in the last six minutes. Miami has off, uh, 11 offensive rebounds. This team can be so good if Dewan Hernandez comes back. Um, and I don't I, – I just don't think he's coming back. I, I – I can't see kid, I can't see the NCAA clearing a kid whose name appears in a business plan emailed around by Christian Dawkins at this point. A guy that's guilty and is going to jail. Um, and it's it's too bad because there's no there's no proof. Miami should just play him. I said it the other day. Um, this because Zundu is good. Zundu is a really good backup center, and I I, <laughs> I mean it gives you so much. So much ability to move things around and try new things. If you could play Huel and Azundu in a, in a high in a high low situation, I, I think you can put Huel at the high post and have him lob it over to Azundu. I think they have that capability. Uh, you know, Dejan Vasilovic is just a sniper. Anthony Lawrence continues to do everything on the court. Um, the uh, Zach Johnson kid out of Florida Gulf Coast is awesome off the bench, and I like him in that role. I thought he would start, but I like him in that role right now. You know, I, I was wrong about Miami, I think. I think, you know, they've again, they've still yet to play anybody, really. But, you know, right now they look good. They can shoot the shit out of the ball. Notre Dame 73, William & Mary 64, another back-and-forth game. Notre Dame actually trailed by one at the half. DJ Harvey basically kept him in it the entire game. Um, he and John Mooney both. And then Temple Gibbs kind of came along at the end to help put it away. He kind of started going to the hole, getting to the line, taking over, being a senior leader, basically. Um, Rex Fluger continues to play really poorly on offense. Um, I think he went 0 for 4 yesterday. He's shooting 25% from the field, shooting 25% from deep. He did have five points, four boards, two steals yesterday. But he just he just doesn't look confident, um, which is strange because he always looks confident. Look at that hair. Come on. Um, he just he, He's going to come around. He's going to play better simply because he can't play any worse. So, you know, I, Notre Dame, I think their success is definitely tied to their seniors, which would be Gibbs and Fluger. Fluger has to play better. John Mooney has impressed me this season. He recorded his second straight double-double yesterday. I, I think he's gone from that stretch four to the pivot position seamlessly. Um, he's actually keeping Juwan Durham's ass on the bench for the most part. Um, and Durham's played very well in spurts, but he just isn't seeing the time that I anticipated that he would. William & Mary's a pretty good squad. You can read about this game. At slapassign.com, the article comes out later today. North Carolina State 82, Maine 63. I turned this game on long enough to see that Markel Johnson was playing. Zero interest in this game. You know, North Carolina State has now played Maine, number 335. Uh, UNC Asheville, 312. Maryland Eastern Shore, 345. And Mount St. Mary's, 331. Okay. They've played nobody better than 312th in the Ken Palm metric. I, I can't. I, I, I can't stand behind and tell you that this team's good when they can't they don't play anybody. Okay. Now the schedule gets 
exponentially tougher coming up when they play St. Peter's, who ranks 218th, and Mercer, who play who recently ranks 208th after they do showdown with Wisconsin. So my question is, and that's what what a matchup as far as the Big Ten goes. I mean, the one team that probably matches up terribly with North Carolina State. Contrast in styles. I mean, they're going to work through Ethan Happ, who was brilliant the other day. 30 points, 13 rebounds, I think. And North Carolina State wants to run. Obviously, Wisconsin wants to go slow. Terrific contrast in styles. Who the hell is going to guard Ethan Happ? Oh, Wyatt Walker? He'll have two fouls before the 17-minute mark. Guaranteed. There's got to be a prop bet on that. If there is, I want to see it so I can put some money down. Um, and, they, and they play all this, these garbage teams. They're going to come out. Wisconsin is going to come out and slap them in the mouth. Okay, Trice and Davison going to hit some threes. Hap is going to be all over the bucket, scoring both hands, going to the line, putting people in foul trouble. And North Carolina State is completely unprepared for that because they have not played anybody. It's I can't wait to watch because it's either going to solidify my position that they're good because they have talent or I'm going to look like a complete jack lag. Um, it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to watch that Wisconsin game. Uh, last game from yesterday, Pittsburgh, North Alabama, 71-66 to in favor of Pittsburgh. They moved to 5-0. Xavier Johnson, 23 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Pitt shot 2 from twelve, two for 12 from deep and still got the win. That's pretty impressive in my book. I don't care who you're playing. When you have the expectations and the roster makeup that Pitt has, if you can't make threes and you're still winning games, cool. Uh, Pitt has yet to play a game outside the Peterson Event Center, and I refuse to watch any game that they play at the Peterson Event Center because that woman that sits behind the media table is so annoying. I just, I, I can't handle it. I, I, I tried. I, I tried. She just, she's unbearable. And she's one of those people that I think doesn't know what she's talking about. And just out there making an ass out of herself, probably tailgating for four hours before she goes into a college basketball game, yelling at college kids. Ah, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Sounds like an idiot. All right. Uh, today's games, Wake Forest is a one-point favorite against Valparaiso in the Myrtle Beach Invitational. That game is going to tip off in about 90 minutes. So I got enough time to screw around the house, do some dishes, do some laundry, get ready for the work week, get ready for Thanksgiving, all that jazz. Virginia Tech will play Purdue tonight. Purdue is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. This is for the Charleston Classic title, which... You know, I had tickets to go to that Classic a couple years ago. Didn't make it. And I always want to make it down to Charleston because Charleston's a really cool town. I should have gone this year, especially with how good Virginia Tech was. Obviously, Carson Edwards was there. It just It's a fun... I think it's a fun uh, tournament to get down to. And I think it's an underrated tournament. I'm going to take both ACC squads in this game. Purdue... You know, I think Harms is good, but I don't think he's good enough to be dominant against a Virginia Tech team that lacks uh, front court depth. Hold on. And, uh, you know, Edwards is good, obviously. You know, player of the year candidate. Uh, first team All-American for me. But Nikhil Alexander-Walker is also very good. And if NAW is on Edwards, I think Edwards could have some problems with his length because, you know, NAW's got go-go gadget arms. And I think Virginia Tech's going to get up and run. You know, Ahmed Hill, Justin Robinson, NAW. I'd love to see Nolly play in this game, but I know he won't. Outlaw can shoot it, okay? I just don't think Purdue has an answer for all the big guns that Virginia Tech's going to bring to the game. And I think Virginia Tech's going to get a, a signature win before they go into conference play. So, moving into ACC Basketball Report Player of the Week. 
it's hard to do this this early. I didn't do it last week because I didn't want to. Everybody's playing garbage teams, so everybody's putting up numbers. I think I read yesterday that one of the teams that's scoring 81 points per game right now is ranked 119th in the country in points per game scored, which is really interesting. I think that was William and Mary, actually. Uh, Zion Williamson, ACCBR Player of the Week. 24 points, 12.5 boards, 4 blocks, 3 assists in 2 games this week. And it's not just the numbers. If you just watch him play, he's just so dominant, it doesn't make sense to give it to anybody else. Uh, I almost gave it to Xavier Johnson. Because if you watch Pitt play, he's making that go right now. He's making that show go. Um, he's averaging six, a little over 16 points, along with five assists and five rebounds per game in three games this week. Pitt's 5-0. and Again, they haven't left home, and they haven't really played anybody. But the fact that they're winning games, um, they're, you know, they're hitting threes, they're playing hard, they're just really good. Well, no, I'm going to say, <laughs> that was meant to be a Duke comment. Um, Pitt has looked really good against poor competition. Duke is really good. And, you know, everybody's playing garbage teams. Everybody's putting up numbers. But Zion is playing garbage teams and putting up the craziest numbers. So, AC Player of the Week, Zion Williamson, congratulations. I have to eat crow every day because of what I said about this kid. Um, you know, I kind of blew through the podcast today. And, I don't know, I don't think that's such a bad thing. Let you guys listen, get the information, get on with your day. So, what are we doing? We're subscribing, right? We're subscribing, we're rating, we're reviewing, liking, retweeting, getting the word out, making ACC Basketball Report the destination for all the best ACC basketball news. I thank you guys for sharing your Sunday mornings with me. I hope you guys enjoy football. I hope you guys enjoy the Virginia Tech-Purdue game. I know that you will not enjoy the Wake Forest game because I will not enjoy the Wake Forest game. If I get through halftime, it'll be a goddamn miracle. Um... Look for me, again, College Hoop News Podcast tonight on YouTube with Tony Patelis. Going to uh, flex my national college basketball muscles a little bit because, like I said, nobody watches more games than I do. And I don't, you know, part, maybe partial games, but nobody watches more games than I do. I uh, I thank you guys. ACCBasketballReport.com for content and SlapTheSign.com for Notre Dame news. You can find us on Facebook, ACC Basketball Report. I am Michael Hunter. You can find me, you know, on Twitter, at Pecone36. Don't make fun of the, the Pecone, Tony Patel's bromance. That's not cool. But uh, <laughs> I am Michael Hunter. This has been the ACC Basketball Report. I hope you guys all have a great Thanksgiving. I don't know if I'll be back on before then, but I'm going to try to do something on Wednesday night. Thanks. Later. <laughs>